Good afternoon, Tim and Tim. <laughs> G'day, David. Um, now, regarding the, the shovel-ready projects, have you got any projects that you uh, have in mind specifically? Yeah, they're a mixture. Uh, we want them spread throughout the country because, of course, the economic effects of COVID-19 uh, spread throughout the country. There'll be a mixture of roading projects, housing projects, some environmental projects. We're considering, for example, giving a high-level consent to the removal of silt from silt-laden rivers and um, estuaries up and down the country, the restoration of wetlands and things like that. Um, as well as some of the more traditional projects like uh, bringing forward roading projects, the objective is to bring forward employment. With regard to private submissions, will there be a, is there a focus as well that those businesses, while they get funded, should be financially sustainable in the future? I think most of the projects will be from uh, central government and local government in our respective agencies. You know, local government, for example, might bring forward projects to advance the renewal of pipes underneath their roads uh, if they've got some pipes uh, that you know that, that for drinking water or, yep. or drainage that are necessary. Uh, it is open to private sector uh, applicants. We are envisaging that, that these will generally be larger projects that employ a lot of people. We think that the smaller projects should generally go through the traditional consenting regime through councils, and we've already written to councils to encourage them to really get cracking with their planning and consenting so that they are contributing to all these smaller projects. So, so this is a good news story for the economy as far as getting the economy back on track, isn't it? We believe so. You know, the, you know, these are extraordinary times and they do require extraordinary measures. And so we think it's justified to cut through some of the normal processes to get RMA consents. If you're cutting through uh, red tape and you're seeing the need for it now, um, does it reflect the fact that maybe there's um, a need previously that should have been addressed? And if so, uh, what's going to happen once we're through the pandemic? Are we just going to go back to the old ways or are we going to see continued reform? Well, we have, we have got a wider review underway, which is being led by a retired Court of Appeal judge, Tony Randerson. Um, uh, but after the earthquake, Quakes in Canterbury or Kaikoura, there was also bespoke legislation passed recognising that the urgent needs of the day justify setting aside normal rights of public participation. So what we're doing here is not changing the environmental bottom line, but we are speeding up the processes. We're taking away appeal rights uh, on facts. You're just left with appeal rights on matters of law. And we're limiting the range of people who can submit to sort of peak bodies like Infrastructure New Zealand or, you know, Greenpeace. Uh, so that individuals like you and me won't have the ability to submit to these panel decisions as individuals, but some of the peak bodies can. When it comes to the absence of um, public, well, the, the, the minimisation of public um, notification of feedback, what, how, is everyone on the same page with this uh, across the political spectrum? Have you had any objections sort of mentioned to you informally? Uh, well, everyone's trying to get the balance right. I think most people understand that uh, this is, you know, a, a very serious economic consequences of COVID, including, you know, the collapse of tourism mean that we need to get new projects up that can give people work to move into where they've lost their current job. Um, but of course, there's also people who are worried about environmental effects and us having too low a standard environmentally. And how we're trying to manage that is to have this new process run by an environment court judge in charge. Uh, and have the duty on them to apply the RMA, just not the processes under the RMA. So the environmental principles will apply, 
but not the normal processes and uh, you know we truncate rights of pu- public participation in the name of agency. Are there any projects that, that either you can name or you can hint at that are particularly exciting, you know, whether it comes to potential tourism projects that that wouldn't negatively impact the environment that you think, actually, this is going to be good for the economy, but it's also something that Kiwis will go, wow, that sounds cool. Well, we've already got a $12 billion uh, um, infrastructure package that was announced earlier in the year, and some of the consenting for that might be brought forward. Uh, I, I particularly like some of the environmental projects that can be spread through throughout the country. You know, if we, you know, do a deal effectively with the rural sector to say, hey, look, we'll contribute to the cost of digging out the silt from these streams and we'll help you put in wetlands on your farms to stop more silt getting in, we can see that we'll have long-term benefits as well as short-term employment. Just getting on to the growing the economy, um, Winston Peters has, has sort of had made some nostalgic remarks, you might argue, about um, us being more reliant on ourselves. Where does that sit with, your, with you and your role as Minister of uh, Trade and Export Growth? Well, I do think there's a case for us to, to relook at some issues where, you know, where we felt vulnerable. For example, I think every country in the world will look at whether we need more production capacity of personal protection equipment or the reagents that we use in these DNA tests to detect COVID. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I don't think it's likely that we're going to restart the manufacture of cars. <laughs> uh, you know, we, ju- we just don't have the scale of that. So yes, there will be some change, but we're still mm. reliant on trade relationships with the rest of the world to. Yeah, sell the I, I guess. We're... Yeah, I guess. In, unless Peter Beck has a brilliant idea about a new car, we can manufacture possibly uh, in an innovative way. Um, what was that car that we made in the seventies? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'll look it up. Trekker. The Trekker. Oh, Trekker. That's right. No, you sound like you sound like a former owner. <laughs> no, no, luckily, luckily not. But we do make um, electric motorbikes nowadays. So yeah, you know, well, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Um, just to, if I can ask you, put your uh, your attorney general hat on, or just as a member of cabinet. There's been a bit of um, comment about whether on what advice cabinet bases its decisions when it comes to making uh, decisions around level three, level four, level two, etc. Uh, I know the legality is that you don't have to release your advice, but given the powers that you have under the state of emergency. Don't you, do you think that that's something you might reconsider as actually letting the public know the advice on which you're basing your decisions on? Well, for that reason, we released a cabinet paper that described the processes that we've been going through uh, uh, just last week, actually. We took a cabinet to paper to cabinet explaining the different choices that we have at different uh, levels and what we take into account. In respect of the underlying legal advice that the Crown gets. This has always been the case with the Crown and always will be that the Crown's just like any other entity that we, you know, we, we want to encourage free and frank legal advice. And one of the ways you do that is to make sure that legal privilege can be maintained. And that's true of you and it's also true of the government and will always be so. So in order to try and meet nonetheless the, the fair demand of people to understand the legal basis of these orders that are being made, we've uh, we've described that in some detail and released that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the programme. Uh, may it be a good Sunday. Fingers crossed for Level 2 um, as soon as possible. And we'll talk to you again another time. It's the Minister for the Environment, David Parker. Thank you.